there. You are listening to the Quarter to Three Games podcast for uh, mid-August 2014. My name is Tom Chicken. My game of the week is not Marvel Heroes. My name is Brandon Kikowski Schnell, and my game of the week is not Risen 3 Titan Lords. I think that's the correct subject. No way. That's not really what it's called. Seriously? It is, yeah. Risen 3 Titan Titan Lords. I think so. Right. Is that one word or two? It's two. So it's like okay. Lord of the Dance, just with Titans. <laughs> uh, you, you do live in Georgia, right? I do. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. North of Atlanta. Hence the, the song. We'll be talking right. about a certain devil that went down to Georgia yeah. and Los Angeles and other places in just a moment. Um, but first, a couple of quick notes. Um, last uh, Two weeks ago, when Brandon and I talked about Ascension, uh, I was kvetching about my friends list not refilling. Mm-hmm. Uh, went because of various updates. Uh, one of the fellows at Playdeck very helpfully contacted me and said, uh, you know, if you go in again, like it will eventually repopulate your oh, list. Oh, that's cool. So after faffing about with it a little bit, now I've got, you know, like six pages of friends in there. And you just beat so. me. You, you won our yes, game. Yes, I did. Was that was that the first game that I – I so lose track of who I'm beating and not beating. I, I thought I had that one in hand. i got to be honest. That was a very close one. Yeah. Like, I play plenty of games where it's over long before it's over. Yeah. Uh, that one I was wondering as we were going. Yeah, no, yeah. you beat me pretty, pretty um, much more than I would have thought. But uh, I ended it t- t- tonight, so, I mean, it may not have shown up. Uh, when you say much more than you would have thought, it was 88 to 85, wasn't it? Okay, you're right. Sorry, I'm thinking of I, – I, too, have a lot of games going, and I don't always know which ones are blowouts. But, yeah, you're right. It was, it was pretty close. Okay. That was a very close one, and we immediately are moving on to the next one. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, did you have any uh, corrections from last week? Uh, no, I'm not sure I remember. Oh, I thought you said you had something that you wanted to mention from last from from two weeks ago. Oh no, 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 no. Sorry, I just uh, I had when we had when I had sent you the stuff to talk about. I I, I left something off of it. So when we talk about what we're playing, sorry, that's what I meant. Oh, oh, okay. Well, also real quick uh, from last week when I talked briefly about uh, Muramasa Rebirth. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that I don't think I realized when I was talking about it last week, the difficulty in that, holy cats, it is so binary. Is it really? Yeah, and I guess I didn't realize that because I was never really keeping track of which difficulty I was playing because one is called Legendary and one is called Chaos. Yeah. I don't, if, if you were to ask someone, hey, what's more difficult, Legendary <laughs> or Chaos? <laughs> Turtles or <I> tortoises. <laughs> right, exactly, right. <laughs> So I wasn't really tracking which I was playing, and then sometimes it would be really difficult, and I'd get to a boss, and I'd have to back out and check, okay, which is the easier one? Uh-huh. But it really is binary. The the chaos, which I think is the more difficult one, um, super challenging. It doesn't auto-block for oh. you. So you have, to, you have to be super careful with timing. That's where you're going to use all of your, your items. Um, but but uh, at the flip side of the coin, the legendary difficult, which does auto-block – you can take more damage. You do more damage. It's absolutely a walk in the park. Yeah. Um, which I guess I'm okay with because I'm really just enjoying the the story and just the flow of the combat and upgrading yeah, the, stuff. Yeah, the aesthetic. Yeah, exactly the aesthetic that we talked about. Uh, but I do. It does seem like one of those games where I wish there was more of a middle ground. Yes. And more importantly, and this is so relevant to what what game we're mainly going to talk about today, I wish there was more of an incentive to play on harder difficulty right. levels. You know, there's special achieve, there's unique achievements for the harder difficulty levels. But I wish there was some in, in-game feedback loop for to reward me for pushing up the difficulty level. Yeah. And there's so at this point, yeah, I'm just plugging along with it. I, I'm almost done with the, 
the the core game. I'm going to so get which some story of the did you choose for the core game? Are you doing both? Oh, of them? that's a good point. I'm only halfway done, aren't I? Yeah. No, I'm doing the uh, the girl story, oh, okay. which I love. Yeah, that that's the one the that I did originally. Did you do the other story? I did. did you find it? So when it first came out on the Wii, and I reviewed it for Game Shark way back in the day, uh, I did wow. I did the one that you're doing, and then so when I got it for the Vita, I decided, okay, well I'll do the uh, I'll do the Ninja Boy. Mm-hmm. And did, did you record? Because I can't see. It seems like the how are they going to? It seems like a tough act to follow this really cool story of the evil dude inhabiting the good girl's body, and every now and then they have to swap out for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, how, what, how can they top that up with just a generic ninja dude running around? Yeah, it's not quite as good. It's more like he lost his memory and his whole clan is now trying to kill him. And so you're you're kind of piecing together, well, what happened? Like, okay. what did I do? Sounds like the hangover. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> no no Mike Japan. Tyson. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, what else are you playing besides uh, Diablo 3 this week? Okay. Anything? Um, well, uh, one of the things I mentioned um, when we were, when we spoke before was that I was going to play the um, the remastered version of Last of Us because um, I, right. I had read that you had to play through the whole game in order to access the left – behind dlc so i was all prepared to do that again and um i got the disc and i put it in the ps4 and i loaded it up right there at the top menu right there at the top menu was left behind so i said all right well shoot i don't you know so i um i played that and it's funny you know when i played the game originally um i really didn't mind the combat at all like i i i i I don't know if i'd say i enjoyed it but i know that um you know there's a lot of people who who didn't like it or like the story i guess better than the gameplay this time around though i just i had no patience for like at all i just did not like it i don't know what the difference was i don't know um yeah i just i don't know what it was but but uh, did you have you played the left behind i haven't and i'd really like to just because i like the, the premise of it and i always felt that uh Joel was a fine character, but for me, I resonated more with Ellie, and I wanted more stuff specifically with her. So, no, I haven't played it. Um, uh, but I, I kind of feel like I I will get to it eventually, but I, I will totally make it as easy as possible. That, because I have that, no desire yeah. for the game to push back at me the way it did, with either stealth or combat or resource management. And that's, None of that stuff meant anything. Yeah, that's, that's what I did was I started on normal, and then uh, th- there's like a – you know, there kind of gets it's there gets to be a point where, um, you know, it, it's less of a like I liked I liked being able to um, kind of pick guys off one by one, and they certainly have that. But then there there kind of comes a point where it's more of just like a straight up bunch of dudes that you got to take out, kind of brawl type of thing. Um, and I was like, why am I why am I doing this on normal? <laughs> I switched it to easy. Um, <laughs> It was it was interesting. I'll be interesting to to hear your uh, your take on it. They, um, you know, kind of the background, the, the little bits of of backstory that they gave to Ellie. I was kind of surprised they did, um, but oh. uh, it was also cool just to see, um, uh, what's her name, uh, the girl that um, that she does the the, the expansion with uh, that she does the flashback on. I can't. I actually haven't played it, so I don't know her name. They did send me a little comic, though, so I and I, I read through the. Oh, comic. okay. It might be the, it might be the first comic book I've read since I was a kid. <laughs> yes, very good. Yeah, so so it was cool just to kind of see them, like some of the character beats were good. So I think you you from that perspective, I think you you'll like it because, 
um, you know, it, it doesn't add like a tremendous amount of insight into Ellie, but it, you know, it, it's interesting to kind of see her before. I mean, stuff's bad, but not to the level that it was when when she and Joel were palling around. What what I kind of what what draws me most to it is not necessarily that I would want additional insight to her, but I feel that the characters in in last. Uh, Last of Us, uh, Joel and Ellie, especially Ellie, were, were just so vividly drawn and distinctive. Uh, I kind of just want to spend more time with her yeah. in a weird way. Yeah. Um, so that that's the main draw for me, and I don't know that just because it's a prequel, right? Like it's before she meets Joel. Yeah, it's this, all this. This stuff. basically yeah. um, kind of tells the story of what happened, um, basically when she when she got infected. Oh, right, right. I think I did know that. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's kind of – it tells – well, it tells two stories. It tells the story of that and then it's also like what she did when Joel was hurt and she was kind of trying to get him oh. get him safe. So, so yeah, yeah, of it course. It kind of pops back and forth. But um, – Oh, well, that you know, that's even a bigger draw then because I, like I like the opportunities they must have with that kind of narrative structure. Yeah, yeah. It was, cool it was well done. I mean it, it's – you know, they, it was good. From, from, from yeah, that funny- perspective, I mean, like I said, the right. combat, and I was surprised how much, I don't know if it's just having distance from it mm-hmm. or what, but I was like, eh, screw this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, all right, let's see. I've also played uh, a game on the iPad called 80 Days. Have you heard of that? Yeah, yeah. I have. Uh, it's it's kind of, it's. You could make an argument. You would be wrong, of course, but you could make an argument that it's not a game. You could say, no, it's interactive fiction, uh, whatever. Um, you are making dialogue choices as you move around cities. Uh, this is the – I have to do some quick math – 19th century. Uh-huh. Wait, it's the 1800s. Yeah, 19th century. Uh, this is based on Jules Verne's Around the World oh, in 80 okay. Days. Uh, and the concept is – you're just trying to get around the world in 80 days. And going around the world involves picking different routes um, because there's not – you know, you can't just buy a ticket and fly around the world. You have to go by boat, by plane, um, by uh, airship sometimes, by just horseback. Uh, I don't think you ever have to walk. But what you have to do is, is just get yourself around the world one leg of the route at a time. And as you're going, there's little minor uh, resource management things where you can pick up certain items in certain cities that can give you shortcuts or that might give you additional money at another city. So therefore, that will encourage you to go a certain route. Um, But the two things that really draw me into this game, the first is that you aren't the hero. You are not the guy who has to get around the world in 80 days. You are his servant. <laughs> Which I love because it's, it, it adds such a different kind of dynamic. Right. And part of the choices that you make is how do you behave towards this guy? Are you obsequious and do you, you, you know, cater to his every whim? Do you groom him, for instance, mm-hmm. when you're on one of the legs of a journey? Or do you go out and try to collect intel? Are you more interested in the places you go or in your role as a servant? Okay. Um, and I love that dynamic. Uh, it's because you're so used to playing the hero or the right. you know you're the lead character, uh, and I just love this idea that you're the sidekick in this game. Right. Um, and so the other thing I really really like is the writing, uh-huh. uh, and that's key for something like this, which is so based on there is some cool map stuff and the visuals are really nice, but overall it's mainly based on snippets of well written evocative text. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and it does such a good job of. Creating not quite 
the 19th century you think you know, okay. which is what I love about now, it. Now, is there like a so. failure state or is it just to see where do you – how do you get to where you want to go? That's a very good question uh, because the first time I played – and I'm in the middle of a second playthrough now. I did it in uh, 76 days. Okay. Um, so I don't know what would have happened if I had taken more than 80 days. The failure state isn't death or anything because right. the reason you're trying to do it is that your your uh, is he your master – you don't call him – I guess the guy you're working for, he's just made a wager. And he seems very cavalier about it. In a way, he doesn't care. It's just since you're supposed to help him, you have to help him do this. Oh, okay. Uh, so if you fail, I guess he fails the wager. Um, you can't pay your salary. He, uh, well, you don't get paid, actually. As a matter of oh. fact, you, you manage the dude's finances. Oh. Like every now and then he'll say something like, huh, I notice we're low on money. Maybe you should do something about that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know what, why you're doing this, uh, but – so that's 80 days uh, on the iPad, which I'm, I'm really digging. Uh, anything else you're playing? Um, well, I have been playing Rogue Legacy obsessively. I'm really bad at the game, which is why I've been playing ah. it so much. Um, I just am not very good at it. <laughs> uh, and that's your Vita time these days? That, between that and, uh, yeah, that I play a lot of. Um, and I've been playing Diablo 3 uh, via remote play. Uh, oh damn it! I want to hear about we'll, this. Okay, we'll get go. to that, and then um, also Metrico, which I, I saw you popped on and played a little bit of. What? Uh, at least Met- it showed that you did in the activity feed. So who knows? M- wait, Metrico. Metrico, yeah. It's uh, so it's like, <laughs> it's um, it's a, it's a platform puzzler, but it's all set like you're in like an infographic, so you're manipulating like geometric shapes and like pie charts and uh um like little the the kind of sales like i my my sister she works she's the um executive director of a nonprofit in chicago and um she's all about stats and stuff and excel and and to me this is what she sees when she goes to sleep like this is <laughs> um Brandon, I think your activity feed is lying to you, though, because oh, okay. I didn't even know what that was. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah that's weird because it said Tom Chick checked out, and I was like, oh, sweet. Well, we can talk about it. But uh, okay, I guess not. But um, Maybe I looked at it in the store or something. That's weird. Maybe. I don't know. I, yeah, maybe that's what uh, it was. I, I think our PlayStations might be turning sentient and trying to turn us <laughs> against each other or something. Um, and then, um, yeah, so, but, so Rogue Legacy takes up. I play it at work and at home and, and what it is is that because I'm so bad at it, I'm just kind of like really steadily – I mean I get enough money to buy something. So I think I'm really – for normal players, I'm probably like really overleveled for the areas I kind of hang out in. <laughs> but because I'm so bad, it, what it allows me to do is just kind of get money to buy stuff. So eventually I, I'm assuming that's going to run out and I'm just going to need to um, uh, you know – figure out how to how to actually survive so right right uh one of the games that i actually i didn't consider playing but a game that recently uh went into a more public beta where if you pre-ordered it you could start playing it uh and the pr folks kindly sent me a little uh, code and they're like hey this is now public beta there's a lot more features in it you should try it out and i was sorely tempted um is stardock's galactic civilization oh yeah because I do love strategy games, I uh, love sci-fi, but then I was reading about where it, like where it currently is, this current build, and what they have planned. And uh, one of their PR fellows said, "Yeah, in um, October we will be adding diplomacy. Uh, in December we're adding combat." Uh, and it was like a schedule like this, right. which it struck me: who would want to play that? That would be like saying to you, Brandon. 
This uh, Guardians of the Galaxy won't be out until next year, but you can watch it now, a pre-release version of it. And in October, we're going to add Groot. Right. <laughs> in, in December, all of the Gamora scenes will right. be in there. And then Rocket in February. <laughs> right. And I'll be like, no, I don't want to see that. Don't. <laughs> so that's one thing I'm not playing. Right. Uh, you, by the way, could, because I've, I've heard you talk about on the Jumping the Shark podcast, yep. you now have or have on the way I, no, I a haven't. gaming – a gaming laptop. You are now a PC gamer. I have a gaming laptop, and it actually I, I ran all my benchmarks, and it's it, it's actually um, pretty scored pretty well. Definitely better than most gaming laptops. Around what I guess 3D Mark 11 and PC Mark 7 consider to be a, a mid range system. So you can no longer say, "Oh, I'm not." A I PC can no longer. Well, I I got it, and I got it because uh, you know when Wasteland 2 comes out, I want to be able to play it. Um, and now that I'm reading, you know, they're saying, oh, to do everything in Dragon Age Inquisition, um, you know, it takes 150 hours. I was like, well, that might be something for the laptop. And I told my wife, I was like, I can hook a gamepad up to this. And she just kind of rolled her eyes and was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, Wasteland 2 is impending, right? Uh, yeah, I, I, um, it was supposed to be end of August. Now they're saying beginning of September. So, you know, a okay. few weeks. Yeah. And that's like the final release. That's not – and then we add combat in October. And <laughs> no, no. I'm pretty sure okay. that's going to be – you know, that's going to be final. Good. So. Well, now that you have a, a gaming laptop, Brandon, I want to talk to you about something here. Okay. I and you have been playing a game that was traditionally a PC game. Yeah. Uh, it is now on the console, and I'm starting to wonder if the definitive version of this game – the game, of course, is Diablo 3. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to wonder if the definitive version of Diablo 3 is, in fact – this latest gen console release. Okay. Now I know you haven't played it on PCs, I have not. so uh, but let, let's talk briefly about. Um, so so first of all, uh, we have this. This comes out on the nineteenth, which yep. is we're recording on a Thursday. Uh, on, the, on the following Tuesday, Diablo three. Uh, what is it called? The Ultimate Evil Ultimate Edition. Ultimate Evil Edition. Yeah. Ultimate Evil Edition will be released. Yep. And what this is. Um, first of all, it's a release for next-gen systems, so it'll be on the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4. Yep. Um, as, well as, as well as the previous ones. Right, right. You can also basically uh, not quite rebuy it because there's a bunch of extra content, but if you buy it for the Xbox 360 or the PlayStation 3, there are versions for that. Um, so uh, we've been playing that. It, it lets us... Uh, import into the game, and it's very generous with how you can do this cross platforms. Our previous progress. Yep. So, uh, Brandon, tell me about your experience with that, and, and where you are now with the ultimate. Uh, well, okay. So I'm dumb, so we should probably put that out there first. When I kept reading about progress, I took it to be like a character import, not a save import. So um, I had a level 32 wizard from – or sorceress, whatever she is, from um, the uh, the 360 version. And uh, I was all ready to kind of bring her in. But when we started playing, the patch uh, in order to do the imports uh, wasn't live yet. So I started up a crusader because that's the new class in um, whatever – I forget what the name of the expansion is. Uh, a Reaper of Reaper Souls. Of Souls. So it started off a Crusader, um, and then uh, the patch went live, and um, it uh, I, I I went to to do the import, and it said, "Hey, you know, if you do this, it's going to wipe out your save. So all of your your stash, your progress, and your uh, your character 
is going to be gone. So I dashed off an email to Tom and, and you berated me because you were like, you're console gamer. You're so dumb. <laughs> uh, and, and just to specify real quick, this won't be an issue for people who right. pick up the game when it's available on Tuesday. This is just one of the pitfalls of playing a, a pre-release version right. that we were provided with. Right. Um, so, so, so what did you, what did you finally So what choose? I did yeah. was I said, okay, well, I love my Crusader way too much. Like I am typically not um, – I am not a uh, like a tank kind of player, um, and uh, and so and also I played a, a barbarian in Diablo two way back in the day. So um, which is which is why I chose to do a magic user or a sorcerer's wizard, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think they're called aren't they wizards? Wizards, yeah. Um, this time around for uh, for Diablo three, but you know I didn't want to not play, so I started up Crusader, whom I. I totally love. I just I love that build to death. And um and so what I did was I threw my save on a um thumb drive. Uh and the thumb drive is in front of the PS4 uh, in storage if you will. Um and then I imported the save and so when I first started playing uh with my previous character I was like, "Yeah, I, I like the Crusader better." Now I'm I'm really split. I'm kind of torn, and I'm 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 bummed that I can't toggle between the two because I think what it was was getting back into the wizard. I I kind of forgot the the order of operations in terms of like what right. powers I'd pop off, and then you know I had a really specific set of powers dialed in that I then had to throw completely out the window when I actually fought Diablo because I was just getting hammered, and so I was kind of like relearning. Oh, I forgot I had that power. Oh yeah, I'm not, I don't think I've ever really used that power. So kind of relearning when you jump in at a higher level, it's cool because it's all there and you can just kind of fiddle with it. Whereas with the Crusader, you know, you're more limited because you know they're kind of still doling stuff out. Um, so I started it back up. I started the Wizard up. Started Reaper of Souls that way. Was just completely destroying everything, and I was like, "This is too easy." So I threw it on hard, um, and I've been playing that way ever since. Wait a minute, you weren't playing on hard in the first place. I was playing on normal. Yeah, Ugh. normal is not nor- normal. Is baby much Fisher Price mode? That's fine. Brandon. I did that. That's fine. <laughs> So wait, so you've basically just uh, put your Crusader on ice for the time. The Crusader is on ice, yeah. But now you realize all the progress you're making with your wizard, when you go back to your Crusader, it's just going to be reset. No, because it's a different save. Like I will literally – I will take the save off the thumb drive and copy it over the save that's on. But if you unlock things like adventure mode – Yeah, I know. uh, That will be gone. I'll have to play through the whole game again to get it. Why are you doing this to yourself? Because I like the Crusader too much. I mean, the reality is... Well, then play the Crusader. Say goodbye to your wizard. Let the wizard go. No, but then I gotta play all the way through the game to get to the good, the, the end stuff as the Crusader. Are you at the end stuff now? Or I guess you probably have to finish Act 5. Don't yeah, you, you, well, you have to finish Act 4 to get to Act 5, and then you gotta finish Act 5 to get to Adventure Mode. With with the wizard, I was already I had finished the game. I could jump right into Act Five with the Crusader. I'm still in Act One, even though I'm like level twenty two, which seems really high <laughs> for Act One. Who's still level twenty two in Act One? <laughs> Is that low? Is that high? No, no. That that seems like you should be in Act Two by yeah, now. Yeah, I know. I, 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 I do everything. I mean, I uncover. Oh, you're one of yeah, those. You're no, one of those, right? no part of the map okay. goes uncovered. I do every exclamation point, every little optional dungeon. I do all. But of wait, them. why you don't play Borderlands that way? Sure, I do. 
You open all of the chests. You well, collect no. all the loot. Well, the, no, no, no. Well, do I open all the chests? Yes. Do I collect all the loot? No. But I do go everywhere. You do all the side quests. Oh, yeah. You're one of those yeah. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. Okay, well, that makes sense then that you're level 21. Fair enough. In fact, I remember I... in Skyrim, there was a bug that this quest that I finished would not leave my journal, and it drove me crazy. <laughs> Can't you just abandon the quest? No, I finished it. It just didn't get disappeared. Oh, I see what you're saying. I see what yeah. you're saying. Right, right. Well, uh, for me, when I play, uh, and I started up a Crusader, I had... Uh, what did I have that I don't even remember what I had on the Xbox 360 version. And by the way, huge hat tip to Blizzard for letting those of us who have abandoned the Xbox for PlayStation 4s, that's where I am, yep. uh, I could import my Xbox 360 progress to the PlayStation 4. Right. Um, but I wanted, when the copy arrived, I wanted to get to playing. I wanted to start leveling up a Crusader right off the bat. So I just said goodbye to whatever, whatever I had on the 360. But you, you had, it. so you just abandoned that completely. Like you had some yep. pretty high level people. Don't care. Well, well, I mainly play it on the, and this is part of what we'll talk about. Most of my time in Diablo three and Lord knows I've sunk a lot of hours into that silly thing is on the PC. Uh, uh, uh for the 360, I think I only played it for uh, just for the, the purpose of doing a review. And once the review was done, I went back to playing it on the PC. Okay. Um, so, and there is, of course, no cross compatibility between PC and console characters. Right. For for a few right. reasons. Right. And just uh, for console people, you can go from any previous generation to any next generation. Uh, right. You only have to do the manual import stuff. Um, I'm trying to think if you if you go. So you could also so if you do 360 to 360, it'll just recognize your save. Same thing with PS3. But if you're going up to a new version or a different platform, um, you can't go from 360 to PS3, and you can't go from one to PS4. Oh. My, uh, that's my right. Okay, no, right, right, right. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And and just to prepare yourself ahead of time, you can. Uh, Go to Battle.net, link your tag, link your PSN ID to your Battle.net account, and then make sure um, you have downloaded the latest patch to Diablo 3, and then um, you can just go in, in there and there's an option uh, under more to, to export your save. So yeah, And as, as you found out, it's not a per-character thing. It is not a it's character. Just, it's just a, a save. Yeah, It's a blanket save. Blanket save. All of your progress, all yep. your characters, all your loot, all your stash stuff. Yep. Yeah. Um, all right, so now that we are playing on uh, – I think we're, we're both on the PS4. Yep. Um, one of the uh, – well, let's talk specifically about some of the things that are unique to uh, Ultimate Evil Edition versus just a regular Diablo 3, which you also played. Uh, what are some of the new features that – of course, Act 5 and yep. the Crusader. Um, you uh, have abandoned your Crusader for the time being, it yep. looks like. Okay, fair enough. And I'll, just so you know, the Crusader, when it came out for the PC, was a very different beast. Really? Um, yeah. They, I don't know what they were thinking, really, but it, the Crusader wasn't nearly as tanky. Uh, he or she was a lot more frail. Uh, the Crusader didn't get the inherent defense bonus that barbarians and I think monks had. Okay. Uh, the, they had some weird things with the skill tree. One of the Crusader's really cool abilities is a horse. Yeah, yeah, that, that thing's awesome. Call. Yeah, it looks great. Uh, it's a quick way to escape. You know, there's similar abilities that other characters have to get out of difficult situations. But here the Crusader mounts up on a big old ghostly horse and rides away. Um, that had some ridiculous thing like a three-minute cooldown. Oh, that's uh, not good. 
yeah, it was like some super special thing you never got to use. Uh, and I forget what specific things they changed, but the current way that you play a Crusader feels very different than when it came out on the PC, at which point I was pretty disappointed in it. Now, man, I'm loving the Crusader. Mm. Uh, I'm having a great time with it. Um, so there's Act 5. So does that mean, Brandon, have you seen Adventure Mode? I haven't because I haven't completed Act 5. You will never go back. Well, I don't know. I, some people, I don't. Some people, I guess, like the act structure, but I am right now. I'm just playing to make a beeline through Act Five to unlock Adventure Mode. At which point, I will never look back. And what what um, exact is it? Just being able to just go anywhere? Like, is that just for like loot purposes or challenges or? Yeah, I'll tell you. Yeah. So everything is unlocked. You can go anywhere. Why would you go somewhere? Very good question. There's going to be a dude in town who you talk to, and that dude says. Uh, hey, these are the five quests that I need you to perform for me. And if you perform these quests, I will give you uh, bloodstones. Mm -hmm. So the quests are going to be things like kill this specific unique in this specific place or go to this specific place and pick up an item. And it's throughout all five acts, the different places, and you'll have an exclamation point. Actually, I think you do uh, – whenever you do one, they're all within one act, the act that you currently have loaded. And you can bop around amongst different acts. It will put five exclamation points on the different waypoints. Mm-hmm. And you teleport there and you do the quest. And when you do all of them, the guy gives you a bunch of bloodstones and uh, he gives you a little key to unlock a super secret special level. Okay. Where things are really difficult and there are more legendaries. And then these bloodstones that you accumulate is a new currency – to buy different kinds of stuff. Okay. Uh, so, so the only way you get the bloodstones is by doing these randomized quests, and then furthermore, you get keys to go to these super powerful pocket dimensions. Are um, those the rifts? So yes, exactly. Okay. Those are the rifts. So what that means then is that you roll up a new character, and you just do these five quests. You go to whichever act you want. You never have to watch another cutscene of Leah <laughs> uh, mourning Kane or whatever. So can you I, use that- your your previous character or do you have to use yeah oh absolutely okay absolutely you can use your previous character uh you can uh yeah just roll up an entirely new character and instead of selecting campaign you select adventure mode which will be locked by the way until at least one character has gotten all the way through the campaign right um and then also one of the reasons to keep playing your original character do you know about paragon levels i saw them uh, but i thought that was something that you had to be like you had to get to level 70 to start getting exactly yeah. So once you get to level 70, when a character – character still earns experience when you get to level 70. When the character would have hit level 71, instead of hitting level 71 or doing any sort of advancement, you're still level 70, but now you've earned a paragon point. Mm, okay. When you hit – and then it resets you to level 70. If you get enough experience to hit level 71, each time you would hit level 71, you earn a paragon point. And you spend these on a screen where they're – it's kind of like a skill – it's not a skill tree, but there are bonuses. You can add bonuses to stats. You can increase your movement speed, your crit chance. Um, it's just a really cool place to spend points. And now these points uh-huh. are account-wide. Oh. They apply to every single character you ever play on this That's account. That's like in Borderlands too. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know what? What are those called? I don't, I don't remember. Petey and I were trying to talk about that today. Like, we couldn't remember what they were because I was explaining to him what Paragon points were, and I couldn't remember it either. But, yeah, that sounds like – because those are – It's exactly – Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly like that. So it's a way that you know, you're, you're earning progress for your entire account. Right. And it's huge. And furthermore, and this is different from Borderlands too. each character – 
uh, has the same amount of Paragon points, but can spend them in different ways. Oh, okay. So uh, your Paragon points you use to tweak your character however you like. And any time you advance that one character, however many you have, that hit the, the, the level limit, you're just adding more Paragon points into the bucket for everyone. Okay. Uh, so it's an insidiously open-ended end game gimmick that they added with Reaper of Souls. So is it worth okay, so let me let me let me ask you this. Let's say I finish uh like I don't have any desire about the story. I, I don't care. I just wanted to see the new stuff. So mm-hmm. ha, like if I decide okay just start up a crusader and then start adventure mode, you're saying that's the better way to go. Just abandon the crusader I already have and all her stuff. And just start up an adventure mode with a new crusader and just level up that way? I would say so, because otherwise when you load up your crusader, you're going to have to get him or her to through the campaign anyway. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and if uh, – and, and you can and, – and another really cool thing, though, about adventure mode, and this is true to an extent in the campaign mode, but – uh, I think you sort of see the you see it work at work a little better in adventure mode is how much complete control you have over the difficulty level right. and therefore the speed of your advancement. Okay, and part of why that's uh, more important or or an additional benefit of that in adventure mode is it also affects how quickly you earn these uh, blood shards, which is the new currency. Right. So you're 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 accelerating the speed that you make. I think it's gold and experience points and blood shards. Okay, but if you're just playing a really hard or difficulty level in the campaign mode, there's no counterpart to the, the blood shards. Right, okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I, if I were you, just barrel ahead with your wizard, unlock uh, adventure mode, and start a new crusader. Right. Um, yeah, and it's great, too, just for how... Yeah, I, I mean, anybody who's played Diablo 3 knows there's like that long stretch in Act 2 where you yes. have to do all that Zoltan cool stuff, and you're going through those same like libraries, yes. and they look the same, and you know there's like four or five of those you got to get through, and it's just insufferable because right. it takes so long. In adventure mode, you know, you do those for that, you know, that's one little level you go to, and then you're off in the the battlements, and then you're back in the fields of misery, and right. it's just bopping you around and changing up the scenery as well as the kinds of monsters uh, and the kinds of like defensive configurations and whatnot, you know, whether or not there's little towers, like all that stuff is changing up uh, every place you go. Right. Uh, right. So I, I really appreciate that in adventure mode as well. So, yeah. so what else then is different from the PC that would, because the PC okay, so, has adventure yep. mode and all that stuff too, right? Right, right. So th- that's something that's unique to Reaper of Souls that is also then unique to the Ultimate Evil Edition because it adds all the content of Reaper and Souls. Uh, you've got uh, the Crusader, the new class, the Adventure Mode. Uh, they completely retooled loot. So I don't know if you're seeing this, Brandon, but if you imported your wizard, uh-huh. you should immediately be finding much better gear. Oh my gosh, yes. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> and like like more frequent legendaries. Yes. You will find legendaries that encourage specific uh, skill sets, like specific character builds right um you will find one that gives you like if you're the wizard you'll find one that says um you know plus nine percent to fire damage so suddenly you're like oh this is a great item plus now maybe i should focus on some fire damage builds. right you'll find things that specifically enhance specific skills so you're like oh what's i need to find out what skill that is and equip it um, so all of that, Brandon, this this uh, better loot, more legendaries, and more personality with the loot, it's part of this revamp that they called Loot 2.0. Oh, but that's in the um, PC version too, right? 
Also, yeah, also in the PC version. All these things that I'm listing off here, it's just what you got in Reaper of Souls that you're okay. now getting gotcha. on PC and console. Gotcha. So let's see, the Crusader, Adventure Mode, Loot 2.0, the Paragon Levels, um, Act 5, and do you know about the Enchantress yet? Have you seen her? Uh, well, I mean, as a, you mean the side character? Oh, no, it's not the Enchantress. What is she called? She's the new vendor. You know, you've got the blacksmith, you've got Covetous Shen, the, the gem guy, and now you have... I thought she was calling the Enchantress. But there's a third vendor. Have you found her yet? I don't think so. Oh, you would know if you did. Okay, well, you're in for a treat. So this is the other thing, the, the final thing that really adds... That, that was added in Reaper of Souls that we now get in the Ultimate Evil Edition. This vendor, the first thing she does is they, they completely revamp the visual customization. Mm. Previously, you could buy dye. And I, right. I don't know about you, Brandon, but I liked playing dress-up. You know, my Crusader is currently in all winter dye gear. No, I just I put keep ban- whatever dye it comes with. The only thing I do yes, is my you- banner. My banner I do in St. Okay, right, colors, right. purple, gold, Florida Lee. Oh, good. Yep. <laughs> And I don't know if you know this, but as you play and you get achievements, you're unlocking yep. new banner doodads. The, my problem with that is I like my banner the way it is. Right. <laughs> I don't need any of this new stuff. I'm happy with it as it is. Uh, so then your crusader, your character is is doing that whole like clown thing where you're wearing like bright red shoes yeah. and a green top. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah basically. So previously you could use dye and I would use dye to make sure everything's the same color. And because, you know, my female crusader, she's, she's a perfectly beautiful woman. No need to put some silly helmet on her head. I would put vanishing dye on her hat. So <laughs> she's, she's got sort of white gray winter armor and no hat and she looks cool. What they do with this new vendor uh, and I think she might be called an enchantress, but that's that can't be right because that's the name of one of the sidekicks. Yeah. But whatever she she's called, there's a completely new visual customization mode where, as you're finding equipment, you are finding them uh, like some of them have different s- visual customization sets, and they might call these die as well. There's like the infernal die or yeah, the ranger yeah. die. Or, yeah. So those aren't colors; those are visual styles. As you find items that belong to visual styles, you unlock them at this vendor. So you can go to her, and whatever kind of helmet you have, you can make it look like the style of any other helmet you found. Uh, So, for instance, one of the early uh, legendary items you get is when you kill the Skeleton King, you get a legendary item called Leoric's Crown. Yeah, I love that thing. Um, Yep, and it's it's awesome for several levels, and you wear it, and it looks like a spiky crown. You can see your character's face. Yeah. Eventually, you know, maybe five, ten levels down the road, you'll get something better, and you're no longer a dude wearing a cool crown. You've now got some goofy skull mask with horns coming off of it, whatever. Uh You can go to this enchantress and take your goofy helmet with the skull mask and the horns coming out of it, and you can say, hey, I don't like the look of this. I I want it to look like the Leoric's crown I used to have. Uh, Okay. And you pay a little money. It's a money sink. Um, and actually, you pay. You can pay a lot of money here. You pay money to make it look like the various things you've unlocked. So the stats of the item don't change at all, but the visual of it changes, and therefore you can do some mix and matches. You can get a, a consistent set going. You basically completely control what your armor looks like based on the different things that you found. Okay. Um, so there's that dress-up aspect, but what the Enchantress does, which is even more of a money sink and a hugely insidious money sink, and I think kind of revitalizes Diablo's economy, is the Enchantress lets you re-roll one stat or one uh, special ability or bonus on any item. Oh. 
So, and this takes crafting materials too. So, say you get the perfect item, which has you know five awesome abilities that totally fit with your character synergy, but that sixth ability is something like plus two percent movement speed. Oh, okay. You're like, what? Who cares about that? You go to the enchantress, and on any item, she'll re-roll one of those abilities. So that plus two movement speed, you keep hitting re-roll, re-roll, re-roll. You're dumping money and crafting items each time you hit it. But what you're doing, it's like a slot machine. You're sitting there and you're waiting for that one, you know, like plus three percent attack speed or something that's useful right. for you. And when you get it, it's like, oh, do I keep pushing my luck or do I settle for this? Right. Um, so she lets you tailor not just the visual look of all your gear, but also one of the little functional abilities of the gear. Um, so that's a huge like power user thing is just, just finessing all your gear and making it fit perfectly into the kind of character build you want. Now, um, it, what is these transmogrify stuff that I keep coming across? I think that's what's used to uh, – you know what? It may be – it might be that you then have to sacrifice that item to unlock that look. Oh, okay. Maybe. Okay. But Transmogrify, I think, is the name of changing the visual look of the gear. Okay. Uh, now, unfortunately, here's the deal. Until – and I think this, has got, this is in Act 5 somewhere. Until you unlock this Enchantress chick, whatever she's called, uh, you don't get access to any right. of this. It's uh, like how, how long it takes you to get gems in the in – it, It's the same thing. Right. Exactly. Right. You have to wait to rescue Covetous Shen right. before all that stuff comes in. Yeah. Uh, by the way, one of the advantages of Adventure Mode. A first-level character in adventure mode has access to, to Covetous Shin, to the blacksmith. Oh, that is and, nice. Yep, and to the Enchantress. So there you go. Mm. So more to the point then, let's talk about why someone might want to play Diablo 3 on a console versus a PC. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Brandon, you haven't played Diablo on, the, on a PC. I've played Diablo uh, and Diablo 2 on a PC. Well, you know what? You were absolutely then equipped to talk about this okay. because – you you totally know Diablo three. You know what it wor- how it works. Yeah. You know what it's like to play Diablo, the series on a PC. Yeah. Um, do you then feel like maybe you're missing out on anything by not playing on no, the PC? No, not not one bit. Come on, you can think of one thing. No. Come on, there's got to be one thing you're worried that you're missing out on. No, <laughs> I think playing with a controller is so much better than than clicking a mouse. Uh, to be perfectly honest. Um, and I don't, so, I don't know if it's just because I've been playing with controllers for so long. But I, I was reading the Eurogamer piece on the Ultimate Evil Edition, and you know the guy who wrote it um, or gal uh, basically said like uh, the PC, you, the mouse, you're kind of dragging your character along, whereas with the controller, you're pushing them along. And I guess that's what I like. I like that feeling, that almost like tactile feeling of kind of pushing them along to whatever it is they're doing next. And I'm with you 110. percent I couldn't agree more. And here's a weird thing. So. When you're using the PC, you you have a mouse cursor and you click it on a target. Yeah. And if you're a ranged character like a demon hunter, you are clicking the target to shoot your arrows. And at some point, the target will die and the next click will tell your character to move there. Right. Now, now the way you get around that is you hold down the shift key and it that's the modifier to tell you no matter what, don't move. Right. You know, you are, you're frozen in place no matter where I click on. I'm always intending it to be an attack. Don't try to walk there. So I have been playing a fair amount of this co-op with my friends, and I, I've been thinking, well, how do I – and I, I feel like such an idiot for even wondering this. When, when doing ranged attacks, I'm like, there's got to be some way on the controller to tell my character not to move. And I, I was trying to wrap my head around this. <laughs> do I hold down the left trigger? 
I mean, it seems to be okay, but I know I've got to figure this out. How do I tell my character not to move? And Brandon, it was the weirdest thing to finally realize, oh, you idiot, you just don't you move just don't the stick. don't move, yeah. Because <laughs> I was even, like, I was going through areas where you can't, I was fighting an elite where you can't stand in their poison. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, i got to make sure not to misclick and go into poison. How do I do that? And I was just playing it and just in the back of my head, I kept thinking, well, as soon as this gets to be a problem, I have to figure out how to not move myself. <laughs> It's just I was so used to the PC version. It's just don't move the stick. Right. Don't you know walk out of the poison and then stop. Right. Um, <laughs> Doctor, and, it hurts when I do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I just I, I it's so kind of un. I am just so accustomed to having to compensate for that on the PC yeah. that that now that it's this direct control. And it's so intuitive, and it yeah. makes perfect sense. Now, here's a possible thing that I, that I worry about, Brandon. Um, some of the skills that you use in Diablo 3 are, are targeted. They're aiming skills. Uh, for instance, I've been playing a Crusader a lot. One of the things a Crusader gets is the ability to jump somewhere. And he, oh, the yeah. Barbarian has something similar. Yeah. And he jumps somewhere, and it makes this cool pattern on the ground, and it damages creatures. Um, you can't aim that. You aim that with your mouse cursor on the PC, uh, the console version, as near as I can tell, it's kind of guessing or it's yeah. looking at who you have targeted. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like I don't have the control, that kind of control on a console. That I would and agree cons- with. That I would agree with. I don't miss and it there because I find that I'll just land and kill a bunch of dudes and then it's fine. Right. Well, here's where I think I would miss it. So I, I mainly played on the PC uh, a character called a Witch Doctor, and I love the Witch Doctor. The Witch Doctor is absolutely my favorite just for how distinct he feels and all the wacky powers. And the new power they added, uh, because each character gets a new power for the ten additional levels in Reaper of Souls or the Ultimate Evil Edition, uh, is to drop a little pool of these snapping piranhas. Okay. And the placement of that... Uh, is kind of super important because it's an area denial thing. It, it, it does, depending on what kind of piranha pool it is, for the most part, it's going to do damage to anybody who stands there. So you want to use it to maybe protect a flank, to put it behind you, or, you know, if you're a ranged support character, to put in front of a tank that you're oh, playing okay, with. Oh, okay, I got gotcha. you. And that was a huge part of that piranha pool, and I, I haven't gotten to anything yet on the console where I feel that like that kind of placement is meticulous, but I wonder if that's just a sacrifice you have to make for not having a mouse cursor. Yeah, um, I mean, I know they there is a lock on. I think it's left trigger does a lock on. Absolutely. And I have no idea what it's for. <laughs> like, I don't know why you would want to lock on a I, partic- I, like a particular enemy because yep. unless it's just, I mean, I don't know. Like, I can see for I, like I'll the, tell you the why. disintegration ray or. So there's uh, early on in the cathedral, there are these purple skeleton guys, and they raise additional skeletons. So in a battle, you want to kill those guys first. So as a ranged character, ideally, you want to target that thing and lock onto them. And if you kill other things because they get in the way, that's fine, but you're trying to kill him. So I think the lock-on also might be how we're supposed to target, say, the Crusader jump. But it's so so wonky – to kind yeah, of move yeah. your character, it, it's just like when you know you're going to talk to people, you just kind of walk up and kind of hope the your right. your uh, field of view it locks on them. So that's the only reason why I'm like, well, okay, that that in I can see what they're trying to do with it, but it's like if that purple guy you're talking about is like surrounded by minions, good luck. I mean, you might as well just not even bother because. Uh, well, here's though where that Crusader's jump would come in well, handy. Yeah, but I'm saying because of the way it does the field of view, 
Oh, right, right, right. You're, yeah, you're, with a lock on, you're saying good yeah. luck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I think the artisan is who you're talking about. The the not the she's, enchantress. She's, she's called an artisan. Yeah. Ew. Miriam. That's, that's a, oh okay. She's the woman you, artisan, you find in the. I guess you find her in the cemetery or whatever. Yeah, artisan just sounds like someone who's like making wood carvings. She's on Etsy. Some, she's making like a, a Zelda potholders. Yeah, like if she's working selling at a street fair or something. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Artist, all right. Shark tooth earrings. Heirloom <laughs> <laughs> jam. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's see. So the other thing that uh, – so by the way, all of this, I, I do feel that the definitive version is on the, the console right now. And, and, and that aiming is the only thing that I think I would miss. And that – I love when Diablo 3 gets super, comp- super difficult, super challenging. We'll see, yeah. You're dying a lot. And I think I'm going to miss that when I get this console version to that, when I get to this level. But see, with the that's version. also uh, what I love about it, where when you're saying, well, to, to target that jump, like that jump, between that jump and then um, – have you played as a wizard? I have, yes. Okay, the arcane energy form, which I call my get-out-of-jail-free card, where she basically you turn into like this being of pure energy and you can like one-shot – you know, or most right, enemies right. are like, like I love that that just feeling of being overwhelmed and just all of a sudden, okay, you know, bam, just like hitting that release valve and just hoping, you know. And I know I can understand like when you start to get into the difficulty levels where you die and you lose your your entire character, which I'll never play, so it's not like that. I have to worry about that. Um, I can see why having a more targeted approach to things is going to be the way you want to go. Yeah. But, but you know, that, that kind of frenzied, oh, shit, you know, type of thing right, is right. why I don't miss it. And I just, just cool to see where do I land? Like, do I, am I landing? Am I going to take right. out like a bunch of <laughs> people all at once? Am I going to, you know, whatever that, that I don't, I don't, I can understand when you get further along to where you're going to want that precision. But that lack of precision is a big part of what I love about these huge encounters. Right, but one thing uh, uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to ask because I honestly don't remember two things. Did they have the experience bonuses for massacres in the base version of Diablo Three? Very good. Yeah, I don't. I think they would. I don't think so. Like they would tell you when you got a massacre, and it might say you know like plus a hundred experience. Um, I don't know that it was. It certainly wasn't as explicit as it is right now. Uh-huh. Um, but you would get a message, but I don't know that you got the experience point bonus, and I don't know that the experience point bonus worked the way that it does now. Okay. So explain what that is, because I'm loving that. So, so basically, what will happen is once you kill ten monsters within a very short period of time, it'll say massacre, and it'll show you the count, and then this little fuse will start counting down. And as long as you're doing damage, it'll re- keep resetting the fuse, and every enemy that you add to the massacre. Uh, you get the potential. You, it'll up your experience bonus for that particular encounter. So if you get to ten, it's like one and a half times. If you get to like twenty, it's two times. I've had it up to fifty, or no, actually I think I've had it to like seventy something. But basically, so so what you what it ends up making you do is just start running around like crazy, trying to find more enemies to hit so that you can keep that fuse going. Um, it really encourages you to chase down these crazy crowded screen right. just 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 kill fests. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're you're like it, it and it also brings home this idea, which has always been true in Diablo, but I think this makes it very explicit, that the monsters are a resource that you're farming, basically. Right. Uh, and and yeah, so you're trying to set up when you're seeing this number increment up, you're trying to set up, okay, where can I get more guys? And you'll do things too 
at least I'm finding that I'm starting to do things where I'll just tag a group of monsters so they chase me and I'll try to lead them to another group of monsters and I'll kill them a little bit and then I'll try to get another group of monsters. I'm trying to create these these monster chains. Right. And that's it's totally new gameplay for me. Yeah. You know, I never used to do anything like that because I didn't see an incentive for it and what happens is that when the fuse finally runs down you get a little screen it tells you what your experience point multiplier was for having killed all those monsters and if you watch your little orange bar you can see it move up in a big old chunk yeah like based on what you earned and that's so gratifying isn't it yeah well just like um did they have the uh, the movement speed bumps for busting no, a bunch totally stuff? oh gosh well. i love that so as you're rolling around just destroying things, which is hilarious. Like when you're in in Westmarch and there's like a like a uh, oh, what what's the giant bow and arrow thing called? Uh, ballista. The ballista, and you roll into it, and it just explodes. <laughs> and you're just you're just like roll. It's like it's like you're like Sonic the Hedgehog, and you're just constantly like rolling into things. And then and then all of a sudden, it's like okay, you know, you get a you get a speed bonus for forty seconds, and then you're just like run around the map. But it's just a silly thing, you know. I mean, you're you're breaking things in the hopes that you find some gold or a piece of equipment yeah. or whatever. But you know, this I feel like a pinball. I mean, I love it. It's so stupid, but I do that anyway. I just destroy things anyway. So to give me yeah. a, a a reason to do it is just great. I love it. And it's uh, so there's, dumb. <laughs> there's there's a third bonus thing. Do you know what that is? No. Trap kills. Oh if yeah, you, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what that'll do is it'll reduce. I, I think it'll it'll increase the resource regeneration, like your mana or hate or whatever. Yeah, 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 I think yeah, it yeah, increases yeah. the rate that you uh, regenerate that resource. Right. Yeah. So it basically says, hey, go crazy with your skills. So when you kill things with a trap, and it's the same kind of thing you get for a couple of minutes. Uh, and I like, by the way, how clearly the PC version does this as well. But I like how clearly it shows when you have a buff active and how long it has to go. Yeah. 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 But no, I mean, you know, having played Diablo – like when Diablo 3 first came out on the PC, and I know it was a really – it was a huge deal. I mean this was something that – you know, people were looking forward to a really long time. Like I, I was just like, okay, whatever. Like I never felt like, oh, I should give that a try on on my laptop. I mean, I kind of knew it wouldn't work out, but I never mm-hmm. felt like, okay. Uh, but having played it on the console, I mean, I I was just so it, it's such a great game. Like, and I yeah. I feel like having a controller in my hand to do it makes a huge huge difference. Yeah, I mean, it always did feel. I mean, it's just so gratifying to play an action RPG like that with the direct control. And the reality is, there's, you know, I've played other action RPGs, and this, they know what they're doing. Um, uh, very briefly, I can talk a little bit about remote play. Uh, that was the other reason why, when when I first heard that they were announcing it for the the other versions, uh, sorry, for the PS4 and, and the Xbox One, my first thought was. There are no good action RPGs for the Vita, so it might be worth it. I was thinking it'd be I'd I'd be I'd I'd pick up a copy just for for that. Um, so uh, I've played a ton of games via remote play, probably with the exception of um, Infamous Second Son. Every game that I've played on the PS4 at some point or another, I've mm-hmm. played on on the. Uh, the Vita via remote play. Now, now, let me ask you real quick because you helped me out with this a little bit, yeah. and I was wasn't able really to get it working. Your uh, is your PS4 connected uh, with a with a cat fi- with a cable yes. to? Yeah, so I okay. have a, I have a gigabit switch. So when I when I did my basement, I ran we we when we when we bought this house, 
it was funny. We were at the negotiation table, and, we, and you know, and our realtor was like, "Okay, here's all the things that you know they want," and and uh, the, one of them was ho- the whole home wiring. And I was like, "I why do I want that?" And he's like, "Trust me, you want it." And it, it's true <laughs> because it's a central panel in my basement that all my um, my cable and all that stuff runs to. And so when I did my basement, I ran all my Cat Five for the basement because I have um, I have a console in the exercise room i have a console in the the media room and i ran that so i have gigabit switches there they go to a gigabit switch in the whole home wiring and then that goes up to my router so it is hardwired my ps4 is hardwired to my router and then i connect via remote play through my router i don't do the direct p to ps4 connection um, so I, what, what I'm convinced is going on here, because I've had very little luck with remote play really? just because there's, there's lag. Yeah, because my, my PS3 uses a wireless connection, and I can wirelessly connect my Vita to the router or to the PS3 itself, and there's just too much lag. And what I've heard is that if you minimize the number of wireless connections, mainly to where it's only yeah. the Vita to the PS3, that maybe that helps. Mm. But I've had no luck with remote oh, play, and I'm sucks. really bummed yeah. because I would love – I mean, it's not like I have any shortage of stuff to play. Right. But, man, I would love to get Diablo 3 running on my Vita. Do, am I missing out? Well, okay, well? so here's the thing. There's good and there's bad. Okay. Um, I, I was really kind of concerned because the way the Vita works, the way that it makes up for the fact that you don't have – um, two sets of triggers is it uses the back touchpad. Some games yeah. implemented great. Diablo three is one of the ones that implements it really well. It's very responsive. Oh. Watchdogs it was horrible. Like in Watchdogs to throw like a um, like a sticky bomb or something. I mean I was I was I was touching all sorts of different spots and the vague, vague hope that I could get it in the <laughs> right in the spot that it was looking for. And it just never I mean it was serviceable. I could get it to work but um, you know what I used remote play for in that game was basically anything that really didn't involve combat or driving. So like the, the security hacks, the packages, things like that. Um, Diablo three, on the other hand, it's great. Like I mean, any skill that it's mapped to the back touch screen for something like the um, the Crusader, where maybe it's just a quick tap, like okay, you know, like where it sends the hammer swirling around, or you do the flail spin, it's fine. And then for the wizard, I have my hyper beam, which is a disintegrate ray, and that's a constant. You know, you're holding it down, and she's constantly shooting. Works perfect. Um, the problem <laughs> is, so it's not the buttons. It's the fact that, you know, this is a beautiful, beautiful game that has a lot of text, particularly oh. on the important things, you know, your loot <laughs> statistics. And r- trying to read that, at least for my, you know, 42 year old, uh, you know, astigmatism riddled eyes, um, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult. I think other games, I mean, I've, you know, like, again, Watch Dogs, you know, I played Black Flag. I ground out, you know, perks in Wolfenstein, which was great for that, by the way. Um, you know, you're just not reading a lot of text. It's it's right. it, those things just aren't that important. But Diablo, there's you know, there's so many times where you're going into menus and you're just kind of looking, OK, what does that rune do? You know, is this thing better than that thing? That at the end of a session of Diablo three, like two hours playing it on the Vita, my eyes need a break. Like I, it's and that's the biggest, that's the biggest thing um, that I noticed. Um, but that being said, that and like the only time I see lag is when there's a lot of stuff going on. 
which is the mm-hmm. exact moment you don't want lag. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it just seems like it has a problem kind of pushing, you know, all those pixels um, down the pike. Or the, yeah, and, and so um, or down the pipe. Right. Sorry. And so that that ends up that that can be a little problematic. But it's, it's really only happened to me once. Um, it was like there was an event where I had to like defend something for three waves of of creatures, and then um, it got a little squirrely. But I just I luckily got got through it. But um, but yeah, I mean, but what it what it does, and and so my situation I think is a little bit different from, you know, I I'm not giving up the television. I'm actually like leaving playing in games to go upstairs and watch television. Um, you know, my wife and I, we're still very much the eight o'clock, the primetime TV watchers, even though we record everything, but that's, you know, it's just, you know, we just, we watch TV and if I'm not playing something, I'll fall asleep. And so my wife has learned over the years, I can either have him sleeping and not seeing anything that's going on, (laughs) or he can be playing something and catch 50 on a good day, 75% of what's going on the TV. (laughs) So, um, it's Funny, we're watching uh, Teen Wolf, the MTV show, which is excellent, by the way. And she's already seen it. I'm watching it with her again so that we can watch the new season together. And so she knows that I'm not paying attention all the time. So when something's about to happen, she'll say, oh, this is going to be good. And that's my cue to look up and make sure that I don't <laughs> I don't miss something. But um, so what I typically do is I'll be playing Diablo. Then I'll pause it, go upstairs, fire up the Vita and just pick up right where I went off. Because, you know, with this game, you know, it's just you just you want to go, hey, you know, maybe it's that. Well, I have almost this whole area um, explored and I want to just kind of get to the next waypoint so that I can, you know, not lose where I'm going. Um, but for me, it's more just, well, I want to see what's down that hallway, like because I uncover the whole map. Right. You know, it it really helps. I don't have to stop. I can, you know, because that was always the thing that bugged me before. I was like, oh, I haven't uncovered the whole map. I don't want to quit because I still you know, have this map. And then I have to then I have to uncover it all over again, you know, because it doesn't save the fact that you uncovered it. Oh, uh, wait till you start playing adventure mode, though. It's going to drive you bad. Again. Yeah, I'm going to have to just put that aside. I'm going to have to secure that in, the, in Aliens parlance. I'm going to have to secure that shit, Hudson. Yeah, so, exactly. um uh, but, but this is, you know, it's just great for me to just kind of, but I, you know, pick it, just keep going until I get to a point where, you know, I'm, it's kind of me choosing, okay, now is where I'm going to stop as opposed to like the clock, you know, kind of choosing for me. But yeah, I definitely more than any other game that I've played via remote play when I'm done playing Diablo, my, my hand hurts a little bit more than other games. Um, <laughs> and my eyes definitely hurt her more than other games. Well, now you uh, you play a lot of co-op, but this is strictly online for you. So, yeah. and of course, great support for that. That was yep. the case with the when it was on just the 360 or the PS3. Um, I also love, and this is unique over the PC. Previously, with Diablo, with Diablo 2, we used to play a lot on my LAN here, uh-huh. and that was a huge fixture of our regular LAN gatherings. Uh, and that kind of uh, gameplay, uh, which was unique to PCs. Uh, is is kind of gone. Like you couldn't yeah. do that with Diablo three right now because everybody needs their own copy. There are no land right. spawns. Um, you know, it's such an account based game, and, and that's the way Blizzard wants it. That's the way PCs are going. That's fine. But what I now love is that on the console version, and this for me is a huge part of why I feel the definitive version of Diablo three is on the PlayStation four. That four player local co op support. Yeah. 
is huge. And it, and it, it recreates what we used to do with land play, but it does it even better by forcing us to sit in the same room with each other, right. shoulder to shoulder. And it's really good about how everybody shares the same screen. Right. Uh, it has this really cool thing where when you pick up an item, you don't have to look. We have one guy who every time he picks something up, he's going to want to look at it. Yeah. And he would, you know, he would open his inventory and we have to sit there and twiddle our thumbs while this guy compares the stats. Now there's, you know, that little shortcut with the D-pad where it just gives you a brief indication yep. as to whether what you picked up is better than what you have equipped. Right. And the rule when we play is, okay, you can use that when we're playing, but it's only when everybody goes back to town that you get the full screen for yourself to look right, at the right, whole right. Uh, thing. Yeah. So just as, as a replacement for land play, which used to be a huge part of the appeal for Diablo and Diablo 2, that same local multiplayer co-op works so well on the, the PS4. And the way it works is you each person on the PS4 can just create a guest account. Mm-hmm. They can name it whatever they want. And they then have their own stable of characters. For oh, the most that's part, cool. it'll just be one character. Yeah, so it's unlimited. It's not like they're using up the slots for my characters. They just have their own uh, guest account, right. which is awesome. Right. It's uh, like how uh, Halo, you know, they would let you, uh, you, could, you could bring somebody on and, play, and do live games. Um, so you- it looks, and it looks exactly the same. When you start the game, there's a little party list in the upper right-hand corner. And furthermore, you can combine it with online play however you want. Oh, that's cool. You know, I could have three buddies locally and we can just go online and get a fourth character or me and two buddies can join two people online uh it works seamlessly with online play see yeah. that would require so. me to actually want people to come to my house and i'm typically against that so <laughs> well no what it is how old are your kids uh nine and eleven why is it the nine-year-old playing diablo yet because she loves well she would love the crusaders pony uh they they because they are both minecraft kids they're full-on Minecraft kids. They just don't oh. you don't you as a father start thinking about when you're going to transition them to real games? Uh, no, because then I would have to give up the TV. <laughs> I would have to give up the projector. <laughs> but uh, no, you wouldn't because you could play Diablo with them. Well, I would have to uh, buy more controllers. So ah, uh, no, very good. That yeah. is that is kind of the the cost option. You know, it's funny. There. I don't Absolutely. think my you know my son he and I used to play Skylanders together. We played we did play Halo very yeah. briefly, but he. He's just really. They rather they like they, they they get on their they get on their servers and they they just do they much rather play with each other than dad because dad's like come on man let's let's move it along you know. <laughs> so. Well, you know, as long as you're killing stuff, you're getting experience points. I mean, you're and when other players join your game, by the way, you get a multiplayer experience point and treasure bonus. Oh, okay. Also, by the way. Uh, when you try to walk away from the screen, if somebody's just sitting there, like if they're a laggard and they're not moving, you pull them with you. Oh, okay. So they can't lollygag, they can't sandbag your progress by just sitting around, you know, looking at, you know, stepping on snakes or something. Right, right. Uh, so uh, when I was setting it up uh, and showing uh, my, my friend, you know, we were setting up a character for him, uh, I said something, what was it? I, I just said something like, you know, Diablo 3 is really great. It's not the best action RPG, but it's a really good one. And he said, oh, what's one that's better than Diablo 3? Oh, yeah, I'd like to hear that. I was like, yeah, and I was like, well, uh, <laughs> you know, I took a breath. And then I started sort of hemming and hawing and pointing out some various action RPGs that did something maybe slightly better. Like Path of Exile has this really cool loot system. Um, Marvel Heroes, just as a free-to-play game with a bunch of crazy licensing stuff. Um but yeah, as I was saying this, I realized I was just pointing out things that had like one feature. That was right, right, right. 3. And I was finally forced to admit, 
Uh, you know, that, that I just meant that as a figure of speech. Uh, I didn't literally <laughs> mean that. Uh, because I really do think, upon reflection, I, this is the definitive action RPG. I, yeah, uh, and that's that's you know the thing about when I was talking about remote play is that you know it's it's not. I mean, part of it is that you know unless you want to play like Dungeon Heroes, which is some like you know mobile game that they put on the Vita and then have the audacity to charge forty dollars for it. You know, there there are very few good action RPGs on handhelds. And so yeah. here, you, not only do you get a good one, you get, you know, the best one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, I don't know how good Sacred is, but Sacred 3, that's PC only, right? That's not... not uh, Sacred 3 is not, like, that's a sort of an abomination. Sacred 2 is a very good one. Sacred 2, but, okay. So, so Sacred 3 only, is not it, the same? Uh, I, no, I think they took a very different direction. But okay. Sacred 2 is actually a good parallel, Brandon, because... That was for the PC, and they did a console version of it. Uh, The benefit of Sacred 2, and I think where you could maybe make an argument that – I I think where some people might prefer Sacred 2, it had this super complicated, intricate, just downright Teutonic character building system where you would get all these little – I mean it was like clockwork. It was like trying to make a Swiss watch or something, (laughs) like the character builds in that. And if you're that kind of like nerd who's into those stats and stuff, and I certainly was – Sacred 2 is a great game. Yeah. But just as far as the full package, nobody's done what, what Blizzard has accomplished no. with this thing. No, uh, and it's just I, – I felt silly trying to explain you know, why it wasn't the best action RPG. And I finally had to concede, well, OK, I didn't mean that. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, folks, uh, there you have it. Uh, I think Brandon and I are both uh, console Diablo 3 fanboys. Yeah. Um, how could what if folks wanted to be friends with you and play with you on the PlayStation 4, Brandon? Are you open to strangers being added to your friends list? If so, how could they find you? Uh, yeah, I mean, you're you're more than welcome to send me a friends request on PSN. Um, my it's Mr. Binky, but I think there's like an underscore. Uh, there is. It's, it's Mr. Underscore. Yeah, it's Mr. Underscore Binky is my um, is my PSN ID, and so uh, yeah. And Brandon, the reason you want them to friend you is they'll give you gifts. Yeah, yeah, they will. Well, they should, maybe. So I, well, no, they will because how it works. So I'm Tom Chick on on PlayStation. I love friends. So what happens, uh, and this must be what, how it happened to you, is I would find an item and it would be called a gift for Mister Binky. Oh, really? Because I there, sent you one through the mail. Oh, I assumed you just gave me that Zweihander, that two-hander that everybody gets. Which, by the way, I appreciate. I promptly rendered it down for the crafting material. I figured you, you would. I wasn't sure if that was something <laughs> that everybody got or whatever. But no, I sent you that through the mail. But I understand well, there get- is like a social aspect where if you find a legendary item, it'll like send a copy to your friend, to your uh, to people you oh, have on your friends well, list. Then wh- what did, so I've sent you two gifts, and all that I could see is they were drops that said a gift from Mr. Binky. I had no idea what it was. Yeah, yep. When I pick it up, the only thing I can do to interact with it is send it to you yep, because no. you're the only other person on my friends list playing right yeah, now. Yeah, no, I went um, to the mailbox. Like, like, yeah, you can do that as well. And, I, just and drop that's, it how, I, that's right. how I did it. But just like I, my understanding is like you'll come across like monsters – like these legendary beasts that that's the nemesis yes wait yeah. hold that thought real quick because okay. i want to know did you get have you gotten the two presents i did right thank now? you yeah in fact what, I'm using, what were they one was an axe and one was a so one is like this was this crazy axe and one is this like mace with this like wind effect on it but they were legendary items yeah 
was the axe the thing that summons a little gap yeah. ghostly helper? Yeah. Oh, I love that. I use that for so many levels. So it looks like it is when you find a cool legendary, it might spawn a copy of it designated for someone on your friends list playing Diablo 3. And it just automatically sends it, I guess? Yeah, it sends it. It doesn't even let me see what it is. Well, I guess I would now know it's a copy of whatever legendary I just picked up. Okay. Um, yeah, and it doesn't let me do anything else with it. I just press a button and send it to you. Well, then I would ask everyone to not ask to be on Tom's friends list. So keep getting all of his stuff. So, friend Brandon at T O M C H I C K. That's one word. Uh, so, have you seen a nemesis yet? Because those, I'm not entirely sure what's going on. I think what happens is that if a character gets killed, it jumps or to something? somebody else's. It sh- so, what'll happen is. So, so let's say that you a nemesis shows up in your game and then he kills you. What it'll do is then if I'm the only person on your friends list, I'll be out bopping around and it'll show up in my game as Tom's Bane or Tom yeah. Six Bane. And then if I kill it, we both get stuff. Oh, both get okay. experience, possibly loot that I don't know. But if, so I've had a. Go ahead, if sorry. I don't, then it ju- it gets more powerful and goes yeah. to somebody else. And just keeps going, and there is a cap, so it doesn't become like Diablo all over again. But uh, yeah, well, I've had a couple of these jump out at me uh, both times. By the way, at, at inopportune moments, I've seen a Nemesis twice, and it's like a portal opens, and then something comes out, and I'm like, "What? What the heck is that?" And there's some big creature, and I think it says, you know, uh, Nemesis, Mr. Binky, or whatever. And there are icons underneath it, which I think are kind of like when you shoot down an enemy airplane, it, you paint the flag on oh, the side of your... like how many people I think have died. Icons. Yeah, I think so. That it's tracking how many people it's killed. That's funny. Um, and both times, I couldn't take it out. Like, both times, it killed me. Uh, so, I, whatever this Nemesis thing is, I plan on hunting it down. Well, uh, hopefully it will jump into my game. Uh, well, if I don't hunt it down, then it's over to you, Brandon. So, do what you can. Okay, now. I'll do my best. <laughs> uh, all right, Brandon, thank you a lot for hanging out. Yeah, we absolutely. are going... Be back here in two weeks. Mm. Do you have any inkling what you might have been playing two weeks from now? Two weeks from now, I really, really hope uh, I'll be playing Counter Spy on the Vita. Um, what the heck is that? Counter Spy is uh, it's like a uh, so it's like a side. It's a, it's a, it's set in like the kind of Art Deco Cold War 50s, 60s oh. spy type of thing. These guys from Pixar, guys from LucasArts on the, the team that's yeah. making it. And so it's a side scroller until you get into cover. And then it's like this three quarter view, kind of over the shoulder cover shooter. So, you know, you can either like make your way stealthily or you can like get into cover and start shooting up, you know, blowing things up or taking guys out or whatever. So um, that is one of the like the PSN summer of play. So it was like Rogue Legacy. This week is Ho Hokum. Uh, and the Swapper, this is Rogue Legacy, then the Swapper, Ho-Hokum, I think it was this week, and then Counter Spy, I think is next week. So Counter Spy looks awesome. I did see it at a press event. Yeah. It, visually, it looks awesome. Yeah. But the thing that I'm really eager to play is it's got this kind of um, the the upper level of gameplay where you have to go into bases and you're trying to manage like this uh, nuclear escalation level. Right, right. And you take out bosses and you get special equipment and you're finding items. And it's all. It looks like a. It looks like it has this kind of board game influence yeah. for what you do at the top level, and then you do a side scroller kind of stealth game in, in the moment to moment gameplay. Yeah. Um, so so that yeah good. So we'll we'll have some talk of that. Yeah, that'll be the thing for me. And then um, I I have a copy of Risen Three. I may play it. I don't know. Uh, I'm playing Kingdoms of Amalur right now, and it's kind of bugging me. I don't. I'm not sure Risen Three is going to be the <laughs> the cure for that. <laughs> but uh, so we'll see. 
All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And uh, Brandon and I will talk to you guys in two weeks. Sounds good. Johnny, rise up your bow and play your fiddle hard. Cause hell's broke loose in Georgia and the devil deals the cards. And if you win, you get this shiny fiddle made of gold. But if you lose, the devil gets your soul.